So welcome, guys. This is episode 18. Episode 18. The, We've made it. Yeah. And we're with uh, today's special guest, uh, Andy Needham. Andy Needham. How's it going, buddy? It's going awesome. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Episode 18. That's good. You are calling all the way from? I am uh, west of Boston here, Westboro, Massachusetts. Yep, that's right. That's awesome, man. That's very cool. So glad to uh, for you to be on the podcast. We've been actually, uh, we've known each other for probably a couple of years now. I've heard of you for a long time. You have a, a killer band, and you're still playing out, correct, with the Andy Needham band? Uh, so that's not my, uh, that the band is no longer. So, oh, oh, uh, oh right. man. It's so, okay. No, so many it's broken right, man. hearts it's out there right now, man. I know. I know. That's right. We still got the t-shirts. We're good. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, that's probably where I first met Matt too, is uh, yeah. doing the band stuff and, um, love doing that. Um, we were, we were gigging hard for about three and a half years doing 160 days a year on the road and that whole grind. And, uh, it was about, been about a year and a half or so. Um, the guys had relocated to Nashville. They're doing awesome. They're all touring and gigging out and doing stuff. Nice. Um, and we'll talk about this today too, but my heart really is, uh, for the church and especially for the church in new England. So God kind of rooted us here and has us doing some awesome stuff. I still play out uh, a decent amount doing, you know, helping churches out when somebody like John wants to go on vacation. They usually, you know, I get that phone call and say, hey, come come plug in. And that's and that's cool. On that note, are you available May? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I get Yeah. So, uh, so Andy, uh, you know, to me, Andy is one of those guys, he's one of those champions of the region and you can probably cover your ears right now because you might not want to hear this, but I definitely look up to him. He's doing amazing things in new England. Definitely one of those guys that are, are, are paving the road, connecting people, um, and, uh, and just serving Jesus, you know, doing different conferences, uh, youth conferences, kids conferences, uh, worship conferences. So, I mean, gosh, the whole nine. So he's definitely one of those really uh, gems of the region. So thank you for what you're doing, man. I know you don't want to hear that, but just letting yeah, you man, know. You're changing the landscape of New England in a lot of thank ways. You, man. So it's really cool. No doubt. Uh, I I feel like uh, it's an honor. Um, and even that was part of the decision about staying in New England, you know, having been here been in ministry for 15 years, having grown up in the area. Um, I just feel missionally called to, to be a part of what God's doing. And, um, the fun part is getting to know guys like you and seeing different corners of what God's, how God's working in the region. I'm always encouraged and excited when I see that. So, yeah. Awesome. That's killer. So, you know, maybe in like 2.5 minutes, can you kind of, uh, you know, maybe just tell us what you do, uh, you know, kind of what's, what's your official job description if there is an official one? That's right. Um, thanks. Uh, yeah, I love what I get to do. And, um, the word connector honestly is a lot of it. I feel like that's one of the, my, my callings is to be able to introduce, uh, different parts of the body of Christ in new England. And a lot of that has expressed, expressed itself through some conferences. Um, in 2012, I started a one day training event for worship leaders at a, it was reluctantly, I had a guy bug me for a long time and I finally, I was like, I don't know if I want to do a conference. Um, and God has a real sense of humor because once I did that, changed the course of my life. Nice. Um, we started this one day event, really focused on volunteers and 125 people showed up the first time without any promotional strategy or a budget. And I always say the thing that marked me was that there was only one vocational worship leader there. And God just kind of broke my heart because I'm like, here's 124 people, most of them paying out of their own pocket mm. because they want to serve their churches better. Um, and so I just started to get to know people like you. And I said, hey, I don't want to do this on my own. Let's get let's build a team. And 
you guys are great at this or that, or, you know, learning what I always say, every church has something that they're great at. We're not all great at everything. No, no church has it all figured out. Um, so as we identify that, we just started with the worship conference saying, Hey, you're great at building volunteer teams, or you guys have amazing sound on Sunday morning or whatever it was. And we went from having just four of us running the event to 20 or 30 presenters and God just continued to grow it. 400 people, 600, 750. This last year we had 900 worship and tech leaders from new England. Nice. Sometimes we're serving 150 churches now at yes. one event. Yes. Um, which is awesome. I mean, um, if you asked me, I would have said, ah, it's not going to happen in New England. Uh, so, but it's been it's been fun. And um, that has become my full-time role is to organize now a series of conferences. We have Simply Worship, which is sort of the flagship, which um, we're bringing down to Connecticut soon, which we'll talk more about later. Come on. Um, and then uh, we have, we just, this last weekend, I had 450 children's workers together nice. in New Hampshire for a day of training. Um, which has been amazing. And we do one for youth workers. And now we have some other things that we're involved in this year. We'll run five different conferences. It's pretty amazing. In the last year, 12 months, it's been about over 2,000 people that have attended one of our environments uh, to help serve their churches better. We call it Greenhouse, which is a short-term growth environment. Um, and the website is greenhouse.training. So if people want to kind of get the whole, the more than two and a half minute version, they can get it all. There's a really good video there that kind of describes what we're all about too. I'm trying to piggyback on what you said, you know, based on, on everything you've done right now, obviously you've done a bunch of conferences. You kind of, you met a lot of different church leaders, you know, pastors and workers and volunteers and all that. What would you say it's, you know, if, if you were going to give me a top five, you don't have to give me a top five, but maybe like one or two or, or three, uh, things that you're seeing new England churches really struggle with the most struggle with the most. That's a great, well, let me kind of flip that question around a little bit to, yeah. to cause I, I'm always a positive guy. So I want to talk about some of the opportunities. I think the, the, the exciting thing, um, is you start to see, I think around the country in America, what we're seeing in, in the South and other parts that have been known as the Bible belt is the church is being pushed outside of the stream of culture, uh, as America becomes increasingly post-Christian and, and sometimes you see Christians getting really freaked out about that and scared. Yeah. Um, and the, the great thing about ministry in New England is that we, we'd be like, we've been there for a while, but like, this is not new to sure. us. Um, and so the opportunity, I honestly think that what's going to happen over the next decade or two is that people from other parts of the country are going to be looking to New England as an example of what ministry can look like when you, you know, again, not that mega churches are bad or going away, not that uh, having a large staff is necessarily a bad thing, but it really is, I think, the example of having a lot of really healthy, small, medium, large churches that depend on volunteers in a way that you might not have to in South Carolina, where you can have 50 staff on, on your, your your church. So again, I'm, and I'm not like an anti-mega church or South or type of thing, but I think the opportunity for New Englanders as we strive, struggle, work forward to do better ministry here is that we're going to be honestly setting the mark for what ministry can look like in other parts of the country as, as some of those changes take place. So in terms of challenges, um, there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, I think there is a difficulty. Um, there's, it's a, it's a different kind of ministry in New England. You, and I see a lot of people move to the area. Um, and because it's the next job promotion mm -hmm. in their sort of career track and, if that's why you're coming to New England, you're not going to last very long. Um, <laughs> if it's a calling on your life, um, 
then I think that, yeah. And I mean, I have lots of friends who've moved to New England to do ministry because God really called them to, to serve here. Uh, and that is a difficulty because even as church planning, I feel like is in a healthier spot than it's probably been in the last two decades. Yeah. Um, now these churches start to get root and they want to start to maybe hire their first part-time worship director or their, their children's person. Mm. And um, we have, we have a huge need for workers that are called, uh, that are willing to come and serve in those capacities uh, and make less money and have a higher cost of living. <laughs> so, you know, sign me up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a big factor. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I think we're part, we're trying to be part of that movement and trying to fill those needs. But uh, I mean, I, I, we've talked before, those calls happen every week to me. I need a worship leader for 20 hours a week and just feeling brokenhearted because we don't have people to send um, to some really great church communities. That's really cool. I, I mean, I <clears throat> I know we've been involved. Uh, we were able to be involved in the last conference you did. Well, there's Simply Worship, the last one you did there. And uh, we love kind of, and we were able to have lunch with you recently and we, we heard a lot of that and that's like, and that's really neat. And so to kind of get back, when, when you're talking to some of these senior leaders and, and they're needing things, um, besides, you know, they may, I know they say kind of like, we need a worship uh, leader for this, but kind of when you work with them and you get there, what are you seeing that, um, kind of churches around new England and, and at least any of the churches you work with kind of, maybe they don't realize that, um, they're lacking or haven't seen the opportunity to improve something yet. Um, what do you see that where, where that, um, what's the biggest one of that you see where like, Hey, there's just something here that you guys haven't seen yet. Um, well, I think that, you know, one of the needs is to be able to raise up people from within your own community. Um, I think that many times the best hires you can have are people that are called to the mission of your church before they're ever called to the payroll of your church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, again, not that that's exclusively true, but that's always to be the best scenario. Um, and, uh, so I think that, you know, churches, you know, need to take advantage of ways to train up their like creating pipelines of leadership within your own community and figuring out ways, whether it's education, that could be real formal education. It could be uh, some sort of cohort or coaching environments they could get people into. Um, it may be, you know, I think, you know, what we're doing with our conference is sort of the lowest level. It's like a one day event for volunteers every year, but it's a great place to build relationships, to find mentors, to get into those connections um, so that, you know, um, you can raise up people from within your own community. Um, uh, because I, I think it's really, it's a really, I feel like a lot of pastors are looking for a unicorn when, you know, I was talking to a pastor recently and he's like, I need somebody who can do classical and contemporary will live in, you know, the most nice. expensive zip code in America and is willing to work for 10 hours a week. And I'm like, God could bring that person to you, but, but I, and I don't a team know. of like, 30 people and a choir yes. and, uh, <laughs> and lighting please through Ableton. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, even in that conversation, I was talking to him I'm like, well, maybe you don't have one job. Maybe you need to hire, you know, maybe you pay a singer to be there for a couple of nights, you know, right. every week. And then you have another, maybe one of your associate pastors is helping plan the service. And maybe there's another way to look at it. Um, and it's, it is contextualization. Like you have to kind of figure out who you're serving, what Sunday morning looks like, what area you live in, all those questions come into the table. But, um, you know, I, I do encourage pastors often, like, don't just think like, I think sometimes pastors, they just want to hire somebody so they don't have to think about it. Um, and it's time to change the model to say like, okay, well, how can you equip and build up uh, and train up the leaders in your community so that you can, you know, yeah, you don't have to worry about it, but you're also building something. So 
Thanks. All right. So, so very much. Um, so, what you're saying then is just the the. This would go for any leader, whether you're senior or you're you're listening to this and your music or, or media or tech or anything like that, right? Basically, the idea of just training your people, investing really hard in them, and letting that kind of spring your ministry along, as opposed to waiting for oh, we can't wait till we can hire an awesome sound guy or an awesome full time singer or or any of these positions necessarily. Yeah, and. Um I mean, I've, again, I see sometimes there are churches that have hired people, and that's been fantastic. It's been great for them. But, um, you know, I think we sometimes – another danger that is, especially in the worship arts area, is that a, a pastor will have a vision of what they want on a Sunday morning that is based more on YouTube <laughs> or mm-hmm. some sort of mm-hmm. event they went to right. um, versus like – you know, what are the, what has God given us? What is the building he's given us? What is the technology he's given us? Who are the people that we're serving? What are the demographics that are here? Um, really thinking in, in terms of that, you know, that type of a context. Um, and you know, it's, it's harder cause it's, it's like a, that's gardening. Like it's slow. It's a slow culture building yeah, process yeah. versus like, Oh, let's just get somebody in here so they can, can make it happen. You know? Right. So I'm going to piggyback on that, and, and something that Matt and I are always talking about is, is that communication between the pastor, the senior pastor, and the creative, whether it's media or music. So, um, and obviously, it's uh, it's probably one of the most controver- controversial things, uh, and probably lack of communication. Really, that's probably why it's so controversial. Um, based on what you've seen, man, what what. What have you seen? Uh, do you see a lot of communication? Do you see that there needs to be more? What would you, uh, like if I was in a church right now and I was that guy that was hired by a pastor who wanted a YouTube experience, what would you tell that, what would you tell that creative? Yeah, so um, I'll share an experience that I had at the church that I worked at, but it's, it's actually a youth ministry example, but it, I think it actually works very well for this type of thing. Because I was, So I was hired by somebody that I knew really well um, to be the youth director at a church. And it was a church that at the time was probably like 250, 300 people. And there's a couple of things with that. Like one of them is a lot of times when staff is first hired at a church, like the first youth director, worship guy is a specialist who does the ministry. Mm-hmm. And as you grow, you need to be a multiplier who equips people to do the ministry. So I, I was kind of like that pivot point for the church and that. So that's a whole nother story. But one of the things that when I came in that the pastor was really adamant about that I did not agree with in terms of philosophically was that he wanted to have a separate youth service during the main service. Um, and so I didn't see eye to eye on that. Um, but it was one of those moments where I knew that coming in, that was not a hill that I was going to be able to die on. Um, (laughs) I would have died on the hill. Um, but (laughs) it, it was really about, submitting and being willing to build trust over time and even being willing to try ideas that you like I would have told you that's a bad idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I also could have gone half-heartedly into that and sort of set it up to fail. Um but you know God really convicted my heart and said, you know, this may not be your vision, but it, it's what the pastor wants and he's yes. he God's entrusted him with that role of leadership and you need to to press in on this and not even not go in even cynically. Uh, into that process. And so we started that service. And ultimately, over the course of time, you know, two or three years from then, when I had built in my first year or two, especially in a new role, like the expression of your ministry, not to say it's unimportant, but it's not really, you're really more about putting the pillars in of relationship and trust and define and learning who the people are that you're serving and figuring out 
what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, and so we eventually did shift away from that, but it was one of those moments. And I think that that's one thing, um, you know, I've always been in the second chair, uh, when I've been in a church or even in the job I am now, I have a boss that I report to. And, um, when you're in that second chair, you have to build trust. Um, I think what you want in that role, and I think this is true for creatives is that you trust will give you influence, but it won't always give you authority. And I think as I've grown as a leader, it's learning to value influence, but at the same time being willing to submit on authority. Um, and that is that is one of those things. And, and that doesn't happen day one, uh, even if it's somebody that you're coming in to work with that you've known for a long time. So, yeah, that would be some of my thoughts on that. Like in the communication stuff is you got to build trust over time. You have to be willing to do things that you don't agree with uh, and do it with grace and compassion supporting the vision of the leader because that will give you a voice at the table down the road that's that's killer yeah man, that's if, if you're listening out there this, that's probably the biggest nugget you're gonna get out of this <laughs> yeah. All right, there, there, done, might, right? there might be another one but i'm saying <laughs> yeah. that's a killer takeaway yeah everyone owes andy like 20 dollars right now yes <laughs> yes and, and you, you know what's funny i mean we yeah. We, we, we live that. I mean, we live, you know, we're always throwing suggestions and because, and, I mean, Matt and I are actually probably the uh, millennials. The millennials uh, on staff, yes. Yes, I said <laughs> the word millennial. So we're on the tail end or or, or early, however you want to see it. So we're, anyway, so that's yeah. a different podcast. But so we tend to bring in different ideas and, and so we're, you know, I'm, I'm already expecting, you know, if I bring in 10 different things, I'm already expecting maybe one to kind of be yeah. like, yeah, that we could do that. And that's cool. Like I came to the point, it's exactly what you said. Like I'm all about it, you know, because at the end of the day, it's it's not my vision. It's what pastors, what, what God is showing pastor. And I have to submit that and I have to support him. Like I have to go all out, joyfully support his no towards me. Yeah, and, and and you said something that at the very beginning there, Andy, where you're talking about um, what you had to change and, and, and how God spoke to your heart, said, okay, you need to really go through that. Um, just real quick, how long of a process was that? Was that like a day or was that a few months? Uh, to kind of get to the point of, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I think the situation probably sped the process up because it was one of those things like, you know, when you're in a new job, you're kind of like, all right, I got I to gotta roll with the punches. You know, like I just got to you know, inherit what I inherit and I'll be able to make changes as I go along. And, you know, that's at least I, I was, you know, in my mid twenties, but at least I had learned don't come in with a wrecking ball, um, <laughs> or listen to man's when you walk in the door, that's not going to, that's that not going to, that would be up. a good song. Wrecking ball. That would be a really yeah, 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 We should right, consider yeah. writing that. Something. That's right. There you go. Okay. Um, sorry. No, it's, <laughs> Welcome to Church Creative. It's, yeah. That's great. Now I'm editing a bunch of comments that I don't want to say on the podcast for posterity's sake. Just but. do it. Come on. <laughs> no. Come on. That's maturity, man. That's the worst part. Uh, good. Um, yeah, I think uh, the part of the tension that we live in as young leaders is the desire to have authority. Um, and what you learn is that the best type of leadership is actually influence. So that you know, if you can work on that as a younger leader – and build up your influence, um, then when you get the title, when you get the decision-making power, God will honor that in a better way. Mm. Um, cause if you just have authority, but you actually don't have influence, you're not going to last very long as a leader. So, yeah. All right, man, before we, uh, kind of run out of time here, we do want to uh, ask you or let you talk a little bit about, uh, the simply worship conference coming up and, 
Um, I know it's primarily for people in New England area and, and, and that type of deal. So just uh, what's it about and, and let us know. Yeah, it's uh, a really amazing um, thing to be a steward of uh, and to, to see grow. Basically, it's a one day. So it's Saturday. It's a Saturday. Come in, check in at eight for a session at nine. You're done by dinner time. And in between, you got two two great altogether gatherings. But the heart of the event is the breakout sessions. And we'll run um, on a smaller event, 30. I think our last Simply Worship, because we had 900 people, we ran almost 60 breakout sessions in a day. Um, so every everything from the tech booth all the way to the stage, stage presence, leadership, heart of worship, all that kind of stuff is covered. We gear it highly towards volunteers. Um, and so there's a lot of entry-level in, uh, information there. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. We can make it affordable. I think the group rate opens at 45 bucks, including your Chick-fil-A sandwich and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, so simply worship org. Um, you can check it out. Um, and, um, we'd love to see, we're going to be in Bethel, Connecticut on May 6th this year. And we'll also have an event in October that'll be in Northern New England. We're actually, you can pray for us cause we're endeavoring, we're taking a risk here. And we're going to try doing this twice in one year, one year. And we have no idea if it's going to work. <laughs> Definitely going to be praying about it. I think it's going to work, man. I think. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, man. yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, we, we need it. We definitely need this. Uh, I mean, the quality, the excellence, the practicality. I think it's, it's, you know, like a conference. If you go to Texas or California or Florida, I mean, it's, it's killer, man. So, you know, I might be a little biased because I, I, I go to it and I really like all the, all the, all the labs. I like all the, all the lab guys, yeah. you know? So, uh, this, actually, this is kind of a crazy, this is <laughs> not right. to brag on what we're doing. We've had, uh, if you actually Google worship conference now, it actually trends very high and it's cool to see just that something in new England is, is yeah. making a mark. It's, yes. it's an awesome thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Love and it. I'll say, I mean, I've been to like a lot of different workshops and especially, uh, um, where I used to serve there's a lot of trips down South. Mm. And, uh, I, I'm, to me, this, it's a superior conference as less yeah. for the ones I've been to out of the few. Right. Um, so if you're, I mean, if you're anyone listening, trying to think about it, it's, especially for the training of your people, like to bring your people yes. to you and to Absolutely. really get that team going. Um, there's just like nothing like it. And I can say for the teams, John, and I brought, I brought my media team and John brought his yeah. uh, music team. And from hearing afterwards, I mean, they picked up so many skills. I mean, I, I had a guy who went from serving about probably six hours a month to now he's serving about 40 hours a month just because he was inspired by one of the workshops and he Mm. went there and he learned and and he stepped up and he came back and he kind of started a movement with two other volunteers who were like, well, he's stepping up. I should step up. And they had this conversation and that was all because he just went to this conference. Uh, We offered it. We were able to bring our teams and uh, he just sat there and he actually, he actually went a day early uh, than we went. He like hit the first workshop before we could get up there for the pre-workshops. But um, that's just this, this, this inspiration. It's just really, really cool. And like I said, for your teams to train people, yes. I don't think there is an equivalent personally, um, just from what I've seen. I think it's, it's something very unique and it's worth getting your team to, definitely. Absolutely. I think I took about 20 people and, and you know, same same type of thing, man. You know, we kept talking about it. We have a little Facebook uh, group page there that we kind of throw some ideas back and forth. And even up to now, man, people bring up, especially the lead singers, 
they got a lot of good little tips on 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 warming up and just things that are are, are super practical. Yeah, no, I always describe it this way. I have a 13 year old son, and he'll go off to a, a retreat or a camp. And some speaker will say something that I've been telling him for 13 years and he'll come home and he'll be like, dad, you'll never guess what I heard. And I was like, to me, that's what a conference is. You don't have any secret sauce or any crazy information. We do get great presenters together. But part of it, like for you guys as team leaders, is it's reinforcing. It's allowing people on that car ride home to accept and reject what will work in their context. And it's just spurring people, really giving them a vision for the bigger church too, which is awesome. So all those things. Man, yeah. I thanks. I appreciate this conversation. I'm I'm fired up to get, to get back to working on the conference now. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> if you know, funny thing, it's just something you said because you were you're one of the speakers, and you said, and you know, we're always taught to be like, hey, we're leading worship, we're leading worship, we're leading worship, and that's we pretty much like grab that and we engrave it in people's heads, and then you were like, no, we're not leading worship, we're leading people. It was like the simplest, like you know, few words, but it's like, wow. It was like, absolutely, we're leading people. Of course, yeah, we're leading worship, but we are leading people into God's presence. So that kind of like, that was my nugget for, you know, from from that day. It was kind of like, man, thank you, Andy, for smacking me in the face. <laughs> we're so excited uh, that, that maybe we could bring our teams and you're yeah. digging that. And definitely, uh, if you're in the Connecticut area or, or a little bit north or south or west, yes, okay. <laughs> And uh, I guess technically east, depending. But anyway, you can get to that. Uh, definitely make it out, and it's going to be really awesome. And we're excited about it. And uh, Andy, thanks so much for joining yeah. us, man. This has been thank awesome. Thank you, Andy. You're awesome, buddy. Always good hanging out with you guys. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you in May. Yes. All right, Can't man. Wait. Thank you, buddy. And as always, if you guys have any questions, you can just email us at churchcreative at newlifechurchct.com. That is churchcreative at newlifechurchct.com. All right. We'll see you guys next week with another guest. And yeah. Peace out, homies.